Moms, welcome to the Gosha Guide podcast hosted by your resident Gosha Guide, Mahalit. I'm a wellness astrologer who coaches high achievers to heal the hustle and fuel success with cosmically aligned wellness. Gosha is the Ethiopian practice of hand feeding a loved one a bite of food, but there is a superstition that only one Gosha will actually curse the relationship between the two people, which inevitably leads to a second Gosha. The Gosha Guide podcast is my way of inviting you to explore a new perspective on wellness, redefining what soul-centered success looks like, and falling in love with your own magic. Join the community by subscribing and taking your first step in your cosmic wellness journey. Welcome to an extra special episode of the Gosha Guide podcast. It is your Gosha Guide Mahanades, and in this episode, I sit down with my boyfriend of many years, my partner, Heath Gustafson, and he allows me to dive in to his birth chart for the first time in front of all of you. Now, giving a birth chart is very much like holding up a mirror for somebody, but you're holding up the mirror from the back, and only they are able to see themselves through it. And Astrology really gives us this opportunity to get a very crisp look at who we are, how our energy interacts with the world around us, and how we can be more aware of both our strengths and our opportunities of growth to navigate healthier relationships with ourselves, a healthy relationship with our body and our wellness, as well as healthy relationships with others. And so I encourage you all to tune in, get a taste of what it feels like to do a birth chart reading if you've been thinking about booking one with me, and start with your free cosmic wellness guide at justonegursha.com. I did also want to invite all of you who are curious into diving deeper into how you can use astrology for better wellness, especially emotional wellness and mental health, and also for deeper relationships, I invite you to my self-love by the stars workshop going on on February 10th at 6.30pm. This is going to be a workshop where we dive into your moon sign, the sign of your emotions, your intuitions, your instinct, and into your Venus sign, the sign of art, beauty, love, affection, and relationships in order to better understand what your personalized wellness toolkit looks like and giving you the tools to make 2022 your best wellness year yet. And in order to symbolize our ability to dive into self-love as a way of loving others, we are donating 50% of the proceeds to Showering Love, an organization that supports people experiencing homelessness with weekly showers and other wellness services as a part of our representation of what it means to have meaningful connection with each other and with community. We invest in ourselves and our wellness so that we can be of service to others, and that's what we are doing in this workshop together. This workshop will also be recorded for any of you in different time zones, and you will have the opportunity to play it back as well, as you will definitely want to revisit the content and the tools that you will be getting. So all of these links are available in the show notes if you're interested in exploring further, and now on to the rest of the episode. Hello loves, welcome back to the Gosha Guide podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. It is a very special treat for me um, and something that we came up with last night around dinner. So Heath Gustafson is joining me. If you all don't follow me on Instagram, Heath is my 
partner, my boyfriend. We lived together for some years and we've been together since college. So he has been present on social media since just when Gosha started and way before that. But I brought him on today. You want to say hi to everyone? Yeah, Dave? welcome. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> happy to be on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. So the reason why um, I brought Heath on here is the other day we were talking about, you know, something astrology related. And I realized I've never done a full birth chart reading for Heath. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I've definitely like talked about certain placements and certain transits, but never done kind of a full sit down reading. And so you're kind of interested in doing well, one. We talk about it all the time, like little things. But never a full chart reading. Yes, never a full reading. So you can't really see how things interact with each other and stuff. So, like, I haven't looked at his aspects or anything like that because without the time to do a reading, that wouldn't happen. And so we talked about him, me giving him a full birth chart reading today. And then I told him, you know, he should take notes. And he said, well, instead of notes, it'd be really easy if we could, if it would be recorded instead. And then it came about, why not record it for the podcast? And Heath is just being so generous to let us experience. <laughs> I had no idea what I was signing up. <laughs> But I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. It's like you get to experience what it's like to have your first birth chart reading um, over the air with us. And Heath's chart is so interesting. I'm not going to give his birth information, but you're going to hear a lot about his placements. And for those of you who can relate to those placements or you have loved ones with those same signs, um, it's going to be great to be able to listen in and see what kind of stuff resonates um, and also just to experience what it's like to have a birth chart reading. I'm right. excited. Are Here you we ready? Go. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> Tell me more about Heath and Justin. All right. So Heath is, I will let you know, though I won't give his birth information, I will let you know that Heath was born the same year as me, 1992. So he is going through a Saturn return. So I had recently posted about this on Instagram, about how the Saturn return is this really magical transit that we have that occurs almost 29 years after we're first born. That's the first opportunity Saturn has to come back to the place that it was at when we were born. Um, and so I did want to give that context to y'all that Heath is in the thick of a Saturn return right now. So if anybody else is experiencing that right now, you'll definitely see some of those themes come up as well in this reading. This is your chart. I can show Heath kind of the chart and the placements that I've written out here. This is the map of the sky when you were born and when you came into this world. And so it shows what kind of relationship you have with different elements, with different energies, with all of these planets. And that as you continue to be on this planet and continue to have this relationship with nature, all of these things um, can kind of just show you more of who you are. Just overall, there's lots of water energy. <laughs> lots of water energy. I don't think we are that we are surprised by that. But also quite a bit of fire. Fire is definitely the second biggest element that is present here. Um, and then quite a bit of earth and like the tiniest liver 
of air. Of course, of course. That makes sense. sense. So um, not much of that air element. And so some things about air signs may seem just really foreign to you because you don't carry a lot of that energy. You don't carry a lot of that energy yourself as you walk in this world. But you are a Cancer sun. And Cancer is ruled by the moon. It is the deep, emotional, nurturing, sensitive, just very like, you know, motherly energy. And yours is in the 11th house. The 11th house is the house of like friends, like networking relationships, communities. And so what this means is that your identity can often be pushed along and defined by these communities. So maybe something like being part of like teams, you know, having these relationships with groups of friends, like really kind of shape who you are. You may be somebody who's always associated yourself with like kind of a group of friends or a group of people who you feel like define a part of who you are. Like you're like, oh, I'm one of them. I'm I'm like with them and having that association just feeling really personal. Your Venus is also in that 11th house space, which means that it's very easy for you to have these sorts of nurturing and emotionally mature relationships with people in that 11th house space. Um, And so the kinds of friendships that you have, the kind of relationships and kind of collegial communities that you have will have like these very favorable impressions of you. Like, oh, I really like being around Heath. It's really nice like being with Heath because with that Venus energy there, you're making people kind of feel that warmth and that energy and that that beauty and that love that everyone is, is seeking. But 11th house energy also means that you are likely, to, or 11th house Venus specifically, um, shows that you are likely to have met your significant other within your groups of friends. Mm, okay. Good to know. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I feel like that that kind of describes how how we met. But those two are in relationship with each other, your sun and your Venus, both sitting in the 11th house. And so I could imagine that a part of your wellness and a part of your identity is really cultivating meaningful friendships and connections and networks and maintaining that communication and that sense of bond with people I think that not having those relationships or like when you maybe let them slip aside it could be really really challenging and really just jarring to your identity in the sense of who you are like you could feel kind of ungrounded if you don't have that you know Mm. who's my core people I go to when it's like you know a tough week and I just want to vent to them so that's where your sun and your venus are sitting in cancer um venus and cancer is such a beautiful placement it's very empathetic it means that when your friends loved ones like when they are feeling something even if they can't ask for it by words you're able to sense it and pick up on it with people and you know sun and cancer also has that ability as well What I see is there's an aspect, so aspects are like kind of the relationships and the geometry of where these planets are around each other. Your sun is opposed to Neptune, 
This relationship between your sun and Neptune means sometimes your empathy could be to a fault. It could be sometimes that um, you have a perception of doing something for someone and you're like, oh, well, they would do it for me if they were in the same situation. But really those um, expectations could be like illusory, like that person in reality Mm -hmm. really wouldn't do it for Mm -hmm. you. And so the sun opposed Neptune is like, having this empathy and having this having like really great and high expectations for people's character but sometimes it can be like bearing on just illusory or delusional where you're expecting things of people that they could never perform (laughs) (laughs) and i just get disappointed And I just, I see now. I, I don't, I don't know if that really resonates. So what's, <laughs> what's funny about doing birth chart readings is like so often I talk about, it doesn't matter how close a person I'm reading their chart for, I have no idea if anything resonates because only you can experience what it's like to be you. So it's like, it kind of feels like I'm holding up a mirror to you, but I'm behind the mirror mm-hmm. and I can't really see what's going on. So I don't know how that resonates with you, but that is the relationship your son has to Neptune. Your son is also opposed to Uranus. Uranus loves like being that huge, tra- the kind of transformation that shows like it's carving out a new era. So when your son is opposed to your Uranus, what you will see is that there's this really deep desire to want to be an individual. Like you really want to show that you're independent, that you're able to do it by yourself. And then it's also generous too, because it's like you want to do it by yourself and then you want to turn around and you want to help other people do it. And almost like you serving as an example and then them looking to you as like mentorship and you know wanting that advice and wanting some insight onto how you did what you did but there is this really deep desire to want to be original and individual so Hmm. this could be expressed as like I don't know if you ever had maybe like any style choices or things that you did when you were younger that you just you were just like well no this is just me like this is so distinctly Heath I don't know if, if any like distinct style choices, but I definitely didn't have, feel like I like care. I don't know if that's for lack of a better mm. word. Like I wasn't really concerned with that. Yes. Like I didn't. That wasn't on the forefront of my mind when I was going to like high school. You weren't trying to look like everyone else. No. No. That not, not, I was never trying to like fit in. Yes. yes. Exactly. There that's exactly the energy that it is. It's like. Sonia Posiernis really wants to be its own unique person. And, right. like, even if everyone has that same jacket or whatever, Sonia Posiernis is really not going to want to be no, part of exactly. that crowd. No. Not going to want to be part of that crowd. Your son conjunct Venus, we already talked about, about how it, it brings all of this, like, positive, loving energy into your identity and the way you interact with people, but you also have the sun sextile Mars. And so your Mars is in Taurus, which we'll get to soon, but the sun sextile Mars is really beneficial because it means when you decide to do something, which might take a while, when you do decide to do something, you have this really um, big life force behind it. 
like where you're really energized and really ready to dive in. Things like competitive sports would have been supported with this energy where it's like that you can get ready to go mm-hmm. and kind of just build up that energy and really blast off in a way that some people can't really control. Your son is very supportive of when you want to do things, like bringing that life force energy to it. The other side of it, of this placement and this relationship between this planets, is that you could feel incredibly impatient when you're trying to achieve something. Especially a more long-term goal could feel really impatient and really frustrated by it because... Because when your life force and your identity and everything can come together and collaborate so quickly to start doing whatever you want to do, it's almost like you're frustrated that the rest of the universe isn't on the same track. Mm, yes. Yeah. I, I can resonate with that. And where yeah. It's not on the same. You're like, okay, well, now I'm here. I'm ready. I have everything figured right. out. Like, right. Why aren't we all starting to do that? Right. Come on. <laughs> Right, right. And so that patience could be really challenging because you feel like, I got all this energy, I'm here, I have it all, like, why can't we just move forward? All right, let's go on to the moon sign. The moon sign is so important. Um, It is your emotions, it is your instincts, it is your relationship with your mother. And so with your Sagittarius in your fourth house moon, what I see here is that you may have just experienced a lot of freedom where you didn't feel like restricted as a child growing up. And so having like the freedom to get up and go or move freely is really important. Mm, yep. yep, that sounds about right. You also may not like living in like smaller places. Yeah. If that makes sense, like you kind of need some... I like to have space or feel like there's open space. Yeah, I just like need to be able to kind of like spread out a little bit. Um, Sagittarius is fiery energy, but it's mutable. So it's kind of like this fire energy that's kind of like bouncing around everywhere. And, and that's why it wants that freedom is so it has the ability for movement at any time. On an emotional level, having that ability to move is really important. As much as you have... What it shows here, a warm and loving relationship and connection to your family with deep traditions that you were, you also had an experience that honored the balance of you being an independent person. Yes, that sounds about right. Like your circumstances of the way that you were raised allowed you to have both where you really strongly identify like with your family and also feel like that independence isn't infringed upon. Yeah, sounds about right. I was an only child, so I had a lot of freedom. A lot of freedom. A lot of freedom. Yeah. Compared to like my peers. Absolutely. I was friends growing up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I could see that. The moon in Sagittarius and the rising in Leo actually means that two of your big three of your sun, moon, and rising are all are fire signs. Hmm. So you have mostly fire. You come off to people with the Leo rising, your rising sign is the way that people perceive you, first impressions, how people see you in the world. You give off the impression mostly at first that you are of Leo energy, and then your emotions are of that Sagittarius um, energy, your moon sign. That Cancer sun may be something that people are kind of getting to see 
um, a lot later. If you, none of you have had your birth chart read before, the rising sign doesn't have a house because it starts the houses. The rising sign is where the first house begins. And depending on the um, astrological system you use, the mathematical system, it will kind of vary at one point that happens. I was just showing Heath that I use the um, Placidus system and I use tropical astrology. And because of that, he has a very late degree Leo rising. Doesn't mean he's, you know, a mix of Leo and Virgo energy. No, it just means it's a very late degree. So what that means is is the planets and all the other houses kind of shift in a way you really don't expect compared to doing whole sign houses, which has a different impact on the chart overall. And so all of these like technicalities of astrology, this could be the behind the scenes of why when you use like different um, birth chart calculators, you see slightly different results. It really depends on the system, and this is why it's important to kind of get a sense of like, okay, what system is the astrologer I'm following using, so that you can kind of like build your information in one area, um, and it doesn't get so confusing. But I love Placidus' system, and it's interesting to see how it plays out in Heath's chart when he has such a late degree Leo rising, which means with that late degree Leo rising, your Leo Mercury is in the 12th house. So the 12th house is what I was describing last night, is the house of mystery, secrets, kind of the unseen world. Dream world, but more of daydreaming world. 8th house is more of like the psychic intuition. 12th house it is kind of like the daydreaming world and also can be like escapism, this very Neptunian energy to it. So what I see here is that though the way that you communicate can be bold and direct, there is also a part of you that feels like maybe what you're thinking about or what you're communicating about can get lost between worlds. What does that mean? <laughs> you gotta break that down. Um, I'm trying I'm trying to figure out how to better flesh this out, but could be lost between worlds. And so 12th house, you can feel sometimes that you're very lost in your head. You can be lost in a daydream, yeah. but you can be having a conversation with someone yes. and then it can yes. get, there's yes. crosshairs. It's that like it, yes. you get lost from yes. the conversation or you forget to add something and it's like there's missing pieces maybe of your memory from the conversation. Wow. Yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> All right. That makes sense. That made sense. Yes. I feel like even when I like... When someone talks, like, goes on a long, uh, like, monologue or yes. something, I'll come back and be like, whoa, I was not here right. for that. Right. You could have totally been gone for that part of the conversation. Um, and so that's your Mercury. Mercury is the way we communicate. It's also the way we process and we think and we analyze. And so maybe as you analyze something or an idea, it can be really easy for you to kind of fall into that dream space and then get get lost from the thing that you were analyzing, the thing that you were trying to make a decision about. Mm. The benefit of this is that you can kind of communicate, like when you communicate, you can um, apply your intuition um, and people might be very willing to tell you their secrets. They may feel like, oh, he's the kind of person who can keep, you know, keep the secret. I can tell him everything to. Um, and then it also means like you're kind of tapped into the unspoken and the kind of mysterious. And so even if somebody doesn't say something that you can kind of offer them the emotional support you feel like they need. 
So what does it mean specifically that it's Mercury or Leo in the 12th? Like what, what's, what's made so different there? The 12th house was kind of the themes that I was describing. Right, right. And then the Leo energy, it means that... You know, all of this is in the energy of like this bold, proud, creative, um, and and it's this is where you also see contradictions in the chart. Twelfth house Leo is kind of a strange place for Leo energy to be. Leo is like the ego. Leo is like I'm center stage, and the twelfth house is very much like. I have, I'm in my imaginations, in my dreamland, in my head that no one else is invited to. Um, and so this is why it's important to really take a look at the chart collectively, because there are relationships happening between these planets. And it's only by seeing how all of them interact that you can get any clarity. Mercury, Leo on its own doesn't mean anything. Even with 12th house doesn't mean anything. It's as we see the relationship of everything together that we start to kind of paint a picture and then you just can go deeper and deeper and so i'm sorry so but what's the significance of mercury being the significance of mercury being in there means that it impacts your communication your form of analysis mercury is the way we communicate to others to ourselves the way we speak in our head so leo mercury traditionally is like very bold and straightforward and all of that but with the 12th house it adds all of this like daydream intuition part of it and it kind of brings this very different blended energy to the table um, and that's part of what you communicate so it may almost even be that you may in your head think that you communicate really clearly but in reality things get jumbled i feel that way <laughs> i feel that way that i'm always at the end at the end of something i'm always like did i did you understand what i was saying did i you know I didn't get lost in translation. Right, <laughs> right, right, absolutely. Because it's a, a, the, these contradicting energies kind of play with each other, and you're like, which one is, you know, feeling pulled both ways? So contradictions are just like a normal part of us being human. They're going to show up in our birth charts. Um, but it's fun to just kind of unveil the layers of it. This is your birth chart, first birth chart reading. So this is going to be the first kind of in-depth look at this and then once you have the first in-depth look it's just adding more and more so your mars is in taurus which is really interesting we have very different mars placements mine's in gemini but your mars is in taurus so the way that you do things and it's in the ninth house so the way that you do things mars is the way we do things the way we approach projects our vitality mars in Taurus, loves like slow and steady wins the race. Mars in Taurus is like, there's no rush. I'm not competing with anyone. I'm going to get there going one step at a time. Oh, yeah. It goes back to that individual uh, comment <laughs> right. See, you made before. I don't need to, I'm in my own race. Right. In my race. Who am I racing? And so Taurus and Mars is always willing, always willing to put in the work and do the difficult work, do the really hard work, keep pushing. Um, but yours is also in the ninth house, which means that when you were in school or maybe even now as you're learning, but when you weren't in the classroom, you would have been the kind of person who would work like every day. Oh, yeah. Well, I would tell people when I wrote essays, I would say one day to write the intro. <laughs> and then the other day to rewrite the body and then the next day to write the conclusion. Like, I would never write it all in one night if I didn't 
have to. That is literally Mars in in Taurus energy right there is doing it. It's like the diligent work step by step. Um, And then the ninth house is also the ninth uh, is also the house of travel. And there is this energy to Taurus that um, really likes to have this really beautiful cosmopolitan worldly perspective. And so one thing that like may resonate with you is like you may be the kind of person who slowly increases and expands your travel as you get older where it's like you start to just venture to more and more places in this gradual kind of way okay and continue to see places and and Taurus also loves like the food the wine the shopping the everything that comes with travel so it really feels so cozy and comfy in the ninth house energy but that that is the way that you do things. It may also be with the ninth house energy that it may be that whenever you approach a new topic, or even if you scratch the surface of a topic, like say, um, say you watch a TV show or something and there's a topic introduced, you would be the kind of person to put a lot of time into researching Yeah. Yep. over a long period of time additional information go yeah go in like a deep dive go in like a deep dive Mm -hmm. and it would take a while and you'd really sit in there and you'd really like let it let it marinate and all of that so that's where i see the mars in taurus playing in and so now we're going to get to some more exciting and dramatic and fun placements So we have your Jupiter in Virgo, which is in the first house, which is the energy of luck and abundance comes to you more easily when you are in the act of helping people, Hmm. in acts of service, like doing things that help people when you're in service of others that just like naturally brings lots of luck. Jupiter is the largest planet. Not only is it the largest planet, it's like way larger than all the other planets. It's twice as large as all of the other planets combined. And so um, Jupiter expands for better or for worse. And so the kind of like for worse of the Jupiter in Virgo or the more challenging parts to integrate are you may be very critical of your body. Hmm. You may be very critical of the the your identity like the way you show up in the world there there may be parts where you just kind of like nitpick at yourself yeah and yeah. it's just the other side of like you know you always just want to better who you are and who you're becoming and continue to evolve but then there's a side of you that feels like you know can get into the headspace of the criticism and that I'm not good enough like on loop hmm. So that's the challenge of Virgo, Virgo energy. However, when you are focused in the active service of others, and Virgo also loves, loves little daily routines. For- I do like my routine. I feel <laughs> lost without a routine. Virgo loves the little routines. Um, you may also um, feel like a little germaphobic with this placement as well. Like, you really, like, if someone's, like, funky or, you know. Oh, yeah. My environment has to be clean. Oh, yes. Of course. Yes. Yes. I will feel, I, I will have a problem if I'm in, like, a, a not clean space, like, a very unclean space, not organized, a lot of clutter, dust. But no. Not a, not a good situation. Right. It can be really I won't be able to get comfortable. I wouldn't be able to get comfortable at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm a show. <laughs> I'm a show. 
Yes, it's very much um, Virgo, Jupiter energy in that in that first house. But again, it's like the small steps, the small daily routines, like all of those things bring luck um, as you continue to build them. And you are currently going through your Saturn return What's in, this, What's in the sixth mean? house on the Placidus chart. Oh, okay. In the sixth house is the house of daily routines, of health, and of work. Creating practices and creating boundaries around work and health are all going to be revisited in your Saturn return. <laughs> yeah, and um, again, and Saturn is also like the father disciplinarian energy. And so it's also a moment where you may question the prioritization of work versus daily routines at home and routines in comparison to what you learned growing up from your father figure. Okay. Where you're like, huh, am I going to do it the same? Am I going to do it different? What does it mean? To, what is what is a priority to me? What do I want my time to look like? Um, very much Saturn in Aquarius energy. But what I can see is that what work means to you, what your day-to-day looks like, <laughs> what your day-to-day looks like will look entirely different on the other end of your Saturn return than it did coming in. For the better, in a reflection of more of where your priorities and your values are. Wow. Well, I definitely feel like I'm in it right now. How long does that last? Yeah, I'm really. How long does that? This, this, <laughs> how long does Saturn return? Um, I'm really, I'm really surprised to to hear this and kind of process it, thinking of you know the changes that you've had in your day to day and your jobs already in your Saturn return. But Saturn went into Aquarius in about late 2020 was when it went into Aquarius, and we have until the start of of 2023. So the whole year. I think it's March 2023 that Saturn will be leaving Aquarius. Um, And so by the end of this period, you can expect to see your day-to-day, your work environment, your work priorities really shifting um, around that space. And I think that one thing that can be helpful as you like navigate the transitions of that is to assess how you spend your day-to-day and ask yourself what percentage of time am I spending on things and like do they reflect my values do my hours spent on tasks reflect my values but that's a really powerful Mm. check-in for Saturn and Aquarius is are my hours going in like for example like as you know I got into bullet journaling this year there are people who bullet journal and color code in a certain way so they can look at okay how many hours did I spend on fun how many hours did I spend on wellness how many hours did I spend reading how many hours did I spend watching tv and then they can assess like okay does my week and my time actually reflect the things that I want or am I just willy-nilly you know trying to create a dream that i'm not actually committing to on a daily granular basis Hmm. okay so as you progress through your saturn return always having those check-ins with yourself like okay am i spending this time the way that i want to is this reflecting my values and what i want to be doing in 10 years that's what saturn rewards because if you come out of it and you have an hour breakdown a time breakdown that reflects your values that's what saturn is going to reward in abundance hmm. keep that in mind i like that yeah 
That's a sad, some Saturn return wisdom. I've always got to add some in. Outer planets are those that are, they're not specific to you. They're more of a generational, right? So like Saturn is kind of in between, right? There's a generation of us, like two and a half years that share it. But because of the house and because of the strong disciplinary energy Saturn has, all of us really feel it. But there's these outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, where unless you have some really special aspects or lots of um, other energy lit up in these spaces, you're unlikely to really experience it on a personal level. What these do describe is your perception of the community and the environment around you. Mm, okay. I like to look at Uranus and your Uranus and Neptune placements in the Capricorn fifth house show to me that you came into this world and experienced a society that had a lot of um, structure and rules for children, for how you're supposed to express yourself, for how you're supposed to, you know, be an individual. Like there was like all this, all this framework and rules for mm -hmm. it. And so that could have been something you very much sense as a child. And I imagine with your son opposed Uranus, you may have felt like you really wanted to rebel against that. It may, I, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I rebelled a lot. So. Um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a rebellion of acting out. It would actually be a rebellion of identity. Like, it would be an energy of, oh, yeah, I just go to school and I crush it and I get straight A's, but, like, I'm, I can see through the BS of the system. Yes. Okay. That makes <laughs> Yes. Yes. Like, I'm not drinking too much of the Kool-Aid. Yes. Exactly. Like, I get it. Like, like I, that, I'm, I'm using like, it, but I don't believe it kind right, of thing. Right. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. That's a better way to look at it. <laughs> it's more of a, you know, do I identify fundamentally at the core of who I am? in the way that this structure exists as I'm navigating it? Or am I just, you know, following the structure in order to get ahead to where I need to get and secure my bag? That's the energy that you have in your fifth house. And there is, you know, the you have a, a Pluto placement that's kind of interesting because I haven't quite seen it in this space yet. You have a Pluto in Scorpio and it is in your um, third house of communication and short distance travel. What I could see with this placement is that you may have experienced a big, a, like a really trans, really transformative short distance moves. Mm, yep. Interstate moves. Yeah. That makes sense. One from when you were younger, one as you're older. Yeah, moving, moving from my mom to dad. Yeah, yeah, that made sense. Yeah. It, it I moved a lot as a as a young kid. Yeah. Yes, and that they had a big impact mm -hmm. on the way your life looked. Um, Pluto brings this transformation that is swift, and it really does change the way things look around you. But Pluto is forgiving. It's it's really like this Phoenix energy, and not as chaotic as the Uranus changes. But yeah, with this with this Scorpio, that these short distance moves really could have had just an impact on really shaping your entire reality and having these these transformative effects on 
your environment around you. And also, third house is also communication and social media. So I don't know how to how to to quite express this, but um, your as you moved short distances, as you had these life transformations of your environment as well, you may have transformed the way you kept in touch with people as well every time. I don't know if that, if that really like resonates mm. with you, but the third house is the house of communication. So there could have been a similar transformation of the forms of communications, of the ways that you communicate, maybe from you know, from talking on the phone to texting to to Facebook to, you know, and you've never had Instagram, but um, that there was a change in the way that you kind of kept in touch with people as you shifted through these stages of your life. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. It sounds, maybe that's some thought. It sounds interesting. That resonates. It definitely does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, the years. all of this is, is definitely stuff you're going to want to you're going to want to let. I'm back to That's why I wanted this to be recorded. <laughs> I know. I'm glad we were able to share this experience with everyone. Um, the one that I love, the placement that shows us the sole purpose, the sole direction, and where we're moving towards is your North Node in Sagittarius, the fifth house. And so... Oh, it is in Sag? I thought it was always in Capricorn. But I, I maybe I'm wrong. Wow. Your North Node is, oh my gosh, wow, this is even more interesting. Your North Node on the Placidus system is in the last fraction of a degree in Sagittarius at the very end, which is super cool. So there are certain degrees that are like really, um, that are really special and have like layered meanings to them. And one of them is the 29th degree. So you have a 29th degree placement Sagittarius in the fifth house, which means that you may have in your, oh my gosh. Okay. Share. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm like processing as I see it. Okay. So what this means is that your south node is really past life or what was easy in your childhood or your early career. North node is like the destination, the sole purpose of like your time here on this planet. What I see on your chart is that you came into this world and you realized, okay, I am really great at communicating and just being really diligent in my work and just like figuring out this whole school thing and using my charming communication and networking abilities with people to really get myself ahead like I can build relationships that like build pathways for me I can find mentors easily no problem so then you do that and and then you find yourself in a space where you are acting more like a chameleon amongst mm. 11th houses, like not just like outer peers, but like colleagues, you know, people in those spaces. You may have felt like you were more of a chameleon. So like you could show parts of yourself and you would hide parts of yourself depending on the set settings that you were in. Okay. And so the North Node, the destination where you are being drawn to um, in the rest of your life is to express yourself in this more free, artistic, and truthful way. Wow. 
And so North Node, Sagittarius, fifth house there means the more that you realize what the truth of who you are is, the more that you are able to travel and experience art and experience more of what your spirit and your soul desires, it then means that you will get a better understanding of who you are and then you will be able to create art yourself. And the art that you create with your moon in that space will bring a lot of emotional nourishment as well. Like the art is really going to fill up your heart so much in a way that you didn't really expect. Um, And that that is where you're being driven towards. It's possible that wherever your north node takes you in and in being more expressive and being more creative fifth house is also about children you know in the way that you uh, may end up being a father like all of these things as you pursue those you could become more famous Hmm. in the society because of one of those expressions of you I don't know which one. I don't know what journey it's going to be taken on, but that is the 29th degree. It's a very relevant degree. And being in that sign with your other like fire and Leo energy just seems really cool and pretty, pretty supported. Um, but it could be challenging for for you to shed the more nitpicky perfectionist. Let me take my time and let me plan and let me move slow parts of you to dive into the, the art side. Mm-hmm. That could feel a little bit challenging, but as you develop a practice of doing it, you'll realize you feel so emotionally fulfilled that it doesn't matter, that it's not as organized as, like, what you were used to. Like, it doesn't matter. It's, right. It brings so much joy that it's like, okay, it's fine that it's in this flow um, because it fills up a different part of me. Wow, okay. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, but that is that is really like most of your I think we've done like almost an hour of this full reading and those are really the greatest hits of your chart that is a, a slight look at your placements there are so many aspects in here I can dive into deeper there's so many more ways we can continue to see the relationships of these planets of course we're going to continue to revisit this now that we've set a nice little foundation and you can like hear back everything that was said. Um, but do you have any any questions? Because I can dive deeper into any of the planets, like if there's an area like career or wellness or well, anything like ask, that. How does this, how does, you know, I know you do uh, wellness cosmic readings. How would a chart reading like this, how would, would you look at it for wellness purposes? That's a great question. So I would have spent a lot more time on your, your Saturn return because, I mean, that's going to be, Having your Saturn return in the sixth house is is kind of like going through a spiritual boot camp of what what it means to you to put in a daily regimen into your health and your wellness and your body um, and also what that looks like for your work. And I think, you know, work is such a big part of wellness as well in the way that you balance your productivity with also taking care of yourself. So that would have been one house I would have really looked at. Also, um, your moon sign. Is this for everybody or just me in particular? Like, for just you. So what, like, how do you determine where to look at, I guess, for an individual's wellness when you're looking at their chart? Um, that's a great question. It's kind of um, complex. So it could sometimes it's like 
People have a lot of planets in certain houses that activate a lot of wellness things. Sometimes it's the relationship and the angles, the aspects between the planets that activate certain things. So that's why, you know, when I prepare for the reading, I go through the entire chart. And it's really, it's always different for people. Looking at your chart specifically, I would have said the sixth house and then also where your moon sign is um, because that shows emotional nourishment like what I could see from your Sagittarius moon in your fourth house is that you might actually really like working out at home instead of leaving. Yeah, I do. I, I actually do. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I, I, my dream is to have a gym, like a state-of-the-art gym in my house. Yeah, like where working. I wouldn't need to go like wreck and blast music. Yes. Mirrors all around, like every piece of equipment you would want. That would be the dream. Working out at home is for sure your vibe. On this chart, so that would be something. Um, it really de just depends. It's kind of like um, a conversation with the chart, right? Like some t some people have aspects that are really intense that could cause um, certain kinds of like anxiety or like thought patterns or depression and like those aspects of when they catch my attention, that ends up being the things that we we dive in a lot deeper with, but. You know, luckily, I don't see anything that is um, really highlighting anything um, impacting your physical wellness negatively. The only thing I see is related to emotional wellness and kind of having that um, emotional and spiritual hygiene, having those practices that allow you to kind of de like shed all the stuff you may be carrying from other people you interacted with throughout your day. Is there anything in the chart that indicates like your lifespan, how long of a life you that you anticipate? That is a great question. So there are indicators of length of life. However, and this is I think really important, astrology is never a uh, end all be all. Astrology is very similar to the way that we report the weather in that we're looking at patterns, it's mostly pretty on point, um, but there's an there's a variable. And the variable when it comes to people is free will, you know, your spiritual relationship, the way you're um, caring for, all these things are going to play factors. So I personally would never speak to somebody in a reading about any sort of specific length mm -hmm. of life of how many years they would be here. Um, but I would be really focused on how to make the years that you are here the most meaningful and nourishing and fulfilling as you possibly can because some things we're just not going to know. And I think that it's really easy to fall for astrology to have a sense of control and like being able to control and predict when things happen. Um, but that's not really what this is for. Astrology is a relationship with nature and the environment all around us. And that means that things can change without our consent, without our collaboration, um, that we just simply accept that and we keep living and we keep on on moving. Um, so that's, that's definitely not an area that I dive into, but I'm sure there are other practitioners that could be a little more helpful for those who feel ready to explore that. Awesome. It was just on my mind. I, I figured like, I was wondering if anyone ever asked you. Yeah, no, like, that's oh, a great you, question. Because you know, I always think of people looking at their, reading their poem. Like, right. Oh, yeah, you have a long life. Exactly. Because like, there, there are indicators like that. Like there are um, placements in the chart where it's like, oh, this person will have 
um, will likely have a pretty long life and will likely, you know, pass in a way that is like more peaceful. Like there are indicators like that, but again, we just we we don't really know everything else that is in play. So overall, how was your experience doing your birth chart reading? Thank you for sharing it with all of us. It was very. Uh, you were right. It felt like I was staring at a mirror of myself. Like I feel like at the end, that last part at the end really started resonating. Pulling it. It's funny to see how how everything is connected. Like the first things you talked about, and I feel like you got to wait to get the full reading, and then you can see how all the pieces interact. Where like if you just focus on like the first piece you were talking about, it might not all click. But then when you see it all together, it's like a big wheel. So I thought that was cool. Like at the end, I was like, oh, I can go back now to what you were mentioning in the beginning and see, okay, that comes into play with, with this and that, and that. So, but only I know. Only you know. That's the coolest part is like, um, it's, it's you get to experience this kind of self-development and self-growth that's also kind of like private. It's really just you and your relationship with yourself. Um, we're all having different experiences on this earth. And what I think is cool about astrology is that it really reflects the ways in which everyone's having their own unique experience, um, even as we're all sharing space and in relationships and living together, that we are experiencing nature and the cosmos in a very different way. Um, so I'm so grateful that well, you gonna, allowed us yeah, to... Well, thank you for having me on and, and doing a, a chart reading for me, like a birth chart. This is really, really my first time ever having a real you know, professional birth chart reading. It's awesome to be able to do it. This was so great and just gives me so much more insight. I I can't believe I hadn't done this sooner, but I think I had just been in the learning mode for so long and I had just been taking bite-sized pieces of your chart. Um, and seeing it all together is so beautiful. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode and this live reading. Please go ahead and check out how to book your own birth chart reading. You can do a wellness reading or a soul purpose reading with me. And you'll sit down with your chart just like we did for an hour. And we will dive deep into each aspect. Honestly, this would be a great Valentine's gift. I'm just, you know, I'm just putting it out there. A little, little plug you know, for the would. couples. For the couples. Yeah. Yes, I, getting like a reading us, for somebody you know, and being able to dive deep. Get to with know them. your partner. You know, yeah, get to see a, another side, a deeper side of your partner. You know, exactly. I definitely feel that way coming out of this. That it was a deeper side, and um, we could have gone on so much longer, even. But it would have been a crazy long podcast episode. So please do check out my offerings on readings. You can also get started with your cosmic wellness journey by downloading my free cosmic wellness guide at justwangwisha.com. All the links are in the show notes. And thank you again for joining us. Have a great week.